and you're showing that you're not just going to keep going along yeah. with what's been happening. And yeah. Which is how you get put <laughs> on government lists. <laughs> anyway, this has been your how to piss off the government <laughs> episode. What do you mean I can't fly? Anyway. What do you mean I can't fly? <laughs> nope. Welcome. Nuremberg 2.0 is trending on Twitter right now. Do it. To the naked apple. Not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure why it's trending, but that's what you get to start with. I'm Have fine fun with, with this. that. This pleases me. <laughs> uh, welcome. Here we are once again. Here we are in the throes of 2023. Already. It's been... It's Why been, is it? 2023's been a week and a half, and it has been <laughs> a, a week, week and, a half. and a half. Holy cow. <laughs> we wish we could say That's, this is a new beginning, but it's the same old stuff. It's but a, it's not, but it is. It's been a long three months of January. <laughs> the time it's that only we, half over. The time that we've been gone, Keith has subconsciously made a goal to eat more steak this year. <laughs> Subconsciously. <laughs> and and Trevor acquired a delicious. new home. And I moved into my new house. I moved twice, technically, over the break. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. I helped once. Yes. And uh, Mike is more Mike than he was before. Yes. Uh, you know, I get more Mike every day. That's what we've accomplished while we were gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I... I doubt anyone else can a better come hotter that. mic than ever a before. Better hotter mic. <laughs> uh, I need just Paris Hilton. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to play the whole hot mic. What thing. the hell is even that? <laughs> Decided to spare you for at least a couple more minutes. You uh you deleted one of the uh, sound bites off of there. I deleted nothing. The there empty is space, a sound bite that was the there. The empty that space is no that is there, there was there when I was scrolling through. Uh, the name blame the software update. Yep. Pretty sure that I've never had a fully blank space there before. I don't remember what that was supposed to be. There. I've got a blank space, babe. I'll write your name. Yes. Anyway, I get along with Starbucks lovers. What she says in the song, "Fight me." <laughs> it's the lyrics. Pretty sure it's not, but that's okay. No, it is. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyways, let's uh, kick off the year with a kickoff of your weekly dose of vitamin vitamin B. B. Welcome to your vitamin B. Thank you. Uh, 
the uh, intro just wouldn't be the same without your dulcet tones, Trevor. Soft, soft voice. We appreciate the effort. <laughs> Speaking of appreciated effort, nation devastated as Congress resumes functioning. <laughs> <laughs> almost got away with it. Almost, almost got away with it. Fortunately, not everyone is on the same page mentally or mentally AOC asks why we need a house speaker since everyone already has headphones <laughs> that's not what that word means <laughs> it's close enough in a stunning turn of events celebrity who travels on private jets and collects luxury sports cars says you're the reason for climate change I mean, yeah, of course. We need to all do our part and be nicer to Mother Nature. We're all in this together. Go green. <laughs> Spelled G-R-3-3-N. Because reasons. Because reasons. Speaking of incompetence, study finds despite campaign promises, malarkey has increased 376% under Biden. <laughs> Malarkey. <laughs> For those of you that forgot, his campaign slogan was no more malarkey. <laughs> I believe that the slogan maker forgot the comma. No, comma. More malarkey. <laughs> uh, that explains it. Ah, yes. That's what they were going for. <clears throat> the great comma debate uh, continues just mm -hmm. on a different form. Yes, indeed. Radical conspiracy theorist says most mental health problems can be solved with exercise, fresh air, <laughs> and spending time with family. The nerve the of nerve. some people. <laughs> Jeez. Nerve. Speaking of mental Get ineptitude, out. California is the state of freedom, says man who locked everyone in their homes for two years. <laughs> So long as you do what I say, you'll be free to do it. Um, while we're on the subject of the nasty virus that shall not be named, disagreement among progressives over whether the vax is the literal body of Fauci or just symbolic. <laughs> oh, that's the worst one I've heard today. Oh, <laughs> that's man. the best one I've heard. <laughs> And in conjunction with that, experts say they don't know what thing is causing everyone to suddenly collapse, but it is definitely not that one thing. We, we don't know what it is. Is it this? Oh, it's definitely it's not definitely that. Definitely not that. It just keeps happening. We're, we're perplexed. We, we can't find the common thread. We are indeed perplexed. We so just perplexed. Know that, we just know that this has already happened before. It's nothing new. Indeed. <laughs> Speaking of nothing new... Biden declares the southern border as secure as America's elections. I How don't. Comforting. I hate all of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you hated that, you'll love this. Gridlock. Couple on 15th round of voting where to go for dinner. <laughs> Get Matt Gates in on this. Yes. He'll vote present. He'll make some concessions <laughs> for us. <laughs> and this has been your Vitamin B.
That was lovely. That was lovely. I, I enjoyed that quite thoroughly. Except it's for the part that I hated. That was lovely. <laughs> Except for the part that I hated. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. No, he is not. Um, although I will say that apparently if you want your uh, progressive city cleaned up, you just need to invite Joe Biden to the city and they'll clean up all the homeless camps for his visits. By spraying them with a garden hose in front of their... <laughs> Stores. In fact, <laughs> you, uh, we have video evidence. Yeah. If you go to Clown World's Twitter, you'll see a storefront owner just hosing people on, down. Leaning back on a fence, hosing down the homeless, telling them to leave. <laughs> so how many homeless people did he have to spray? In this video, one? In, in this video? video, there appears to just be one holdout. <laughs> and it has been viewed 5.9 million times. I think hosing down the homeless sounds a, like a great, like, charity name. <laughs> hosing down the homeless. has a certain ring to it. Hose Donate down the here. homeless. Hose <laughs> down the homeless. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a band name, too. <laughs> it does. It do, you know, I know some teenagers. I can suggest a name change. Host down the homeless. Host down the homeless. I don't know if that's good for people. Trust, trust me. Trust me. Trust <laughs> me. People will love it. People will love it. Maybe not so much in the winter months in Utah, but people in general during the summer will love it. <clears throat> Tell you what, hosing down the homeless in the middle of January in Utah, they're not staying in front of your store anymore. <laughs> Tell one, you right now. One way or another. <laughs> they're not staying in front of your <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, speaking of terrible, our theme for the year comes from Thomas Paine, who I believe today is the anniversary of him writing uh, Common Sense. Uh, a beautiful work. Thomas Paine often told critics of his work, he who dares not offend cannot be honest. And I think that's fitting with how uh, the House thing went with the McCarthy vote and a bunch of other things that we're going to talk about that occurred or are about to occur or have been occurring. Um, but we'll start with Ann Lesby, PhD, she, her on Twitter. She, her. <clears throat> With a I rainbow. already know where this is going. With a with a rainbow, <laughs> yes. Um, she's the head of gender studies at ACLU ACL University. Um, she's anti-racist fetus author, one-eighth black, white as can be in her profile picture, a neurodivergent, typical, non-binary, semi-trans lesbian who dates men. She's vegan plus, and she's a mentor of S.A. Tyre. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Just, it took me, I don't think I f followed that entire thing, but uh, uh, you can go on. You caught up a little bit there. <laughs> I thought I was pretty well versed in uh, leftism speak. Yes. But uh, yes. I did not follow that. She is uh, warning everyone, beware of harm formation peddlers such as libs of TikTok. 
Our information, the most dangerous form of misinformation, while disinformation can be disproven with facts, harm information is factual evidence presented in a harmful light. <laughs> she just made that up. <laughs> of course she yes. did. Just like her account. They are very good at making up words. Yes. You know, I've actually been thinking about how I can take um, my own identity as a you know, white, heterosexual, married man and turn it into, like, the LGBT status. Oh, it's super easy. Um, hold on. Before you tell me, <laughs> I'm going to try... I'm going to take a whack at it. Okay. Okay. Maybe I could identify as a monosexual, which, I mean, it sounds good to me. Uh-huh. What I mean that to me... It mean sounds intelligent. Is Yeah, it, it, it sounds does. intelligent. <clears throat> or I a could, unisexual. Ooh, ooh. There you go. There it is. Unisexual. That means one, right? Yes. yes yeah. Uni means okay, one. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Unisexual, which means I'm only attracted to one person, my wife, and then declare myself part of the LGBT plus community. Yes, you're in the plus. Boom. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on Shame on you. Fool me, we can't get fooled again. Uh, thank you, George W. Thank you. W. Anyway, <laughs> point is, they are very good at making up words, and I just took a whack at it, and I succeeded. Good job. Good thank job. you. Good job. I feel proud of myself. I'm proud of you, too. It's I'm about time you came out. <laughs> so... While we were gone, the Senate gave everyone a Christmas present by putting us extremely deeper in debt and uh, giving Congress, the House of Representatives, zero teeth to work with going into the new year. And we have 18 Republicans to thank for that. And uh, uh, those Republicans are oh crap this doesn't just give the actual was list. it basically the same list list that voted for the destruction of marriage act uh probably close to that yeah uh we got boozman from our arkansas <laughs> az is arizona <laughs> from arkansas arkansas uh capito from west virginia collins from maine of course Basically a Democrat anyway. Um, Cornyn from Texas. Uh, Cotton from Arkansas. And Graham, Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. Oh, Lindsey Graham. Of course. Yes. Um, Inhofe from Oklahoma. Where are the rest of you? McConnell, of course, from Kentucky. Morin from Kansas, Murkowski from Alaska. No surprise there. Nope. Portman from Ohio. Romney. Oh, he said it. From Utah. Oh. Rounds from South Dakota. Uh, Shelby from Alabama. Th- Senator John Thune. John Thune. Uh, from South Dakota. Um. And Wicker from Missouri and Young from Indiana. 
Beautiful. Um, what did they vote on exactly? And then three, uh, two that didn't vote, Barrasso from Wyoming and Burr from North Carolina. And Kramer from North Dakota. And Kramer from North Dakota. Yep, that was also three. Republican. Mm-hmm. Three. Good job, guys. Good job, all of you, for putting us $1.7 trillion deeper into oh, debt. Oh, you're talking about the, the budget. Yes. Oh, Merry Christmas. And voting on it with just a couple of days to actually read the 4,000-plus pages of... It was like 48 hours before it was passed, wasn't it? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Stuffed with all kinds of pork, all of which we won't fully know about because who actually has time to read 4,000-plus pages of gobbledygook? Let's give $2.5 million to every single senator for security now this budget bill was it just for a single year yeah it's for the fiscal year it's a blanket budget for the whole year but it's it's not a budget it's just a spending bill and it was 1.2 trillion 1.7 1 point oh gosh and the difference between a budget and a spending bill is the spending bill says (laughs) here's all this money for all these groups and the executive branch decides how to actually divvy it up to these groups good job Good job. Instead of doing a budget and then having the House hold the departments accountable to stick to the budget. You know, um, I read a I read a book called uh, Term Limits not so long ago. Uh-huh. It was written in like 2005 or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and the plot of the book is there were a bunch of Navy SEALs that decided to take up that offer in uh, the Declaration of Independence where if the... Um, where if the uh, government fails to protect the rights of its citizens, then it has the people have the right to rebel. And so basically these Navy SEALs start assassinating these very corrupt right. uh, politicians. That, that was the plot of the book. The reason I bring this up is because in that book, one of the talking points about why they're doing this, like they're basically their terrorism note, was the country is $6 trillion in debt, and that is unsustainable. Oh, if only. Who wants to guess how many <laughs> Who wants to guess how many trillions of dollars in debt we are in as of 2022? Well, Biden says <clears throat> that we spent less or something, and so it's probably actually gone down from then since Joe no, Biden's been in office. No, that was the deficit. Right. So he, he said the deficit's down, so Joe Biden's helped us get yeah, less so that than just $6 mean, trillion. That just, the deficit, that's just talking about um, how much you spent compared to last year. If I put... It is I so put, hard to be as unthinking as possible. With this I, like, it's unbelievable to me. Like, if I put $30,000 on my credit card, which is a ridiculous amount for uh-huh. a household, um, and then the next year I put 29000 on my credit card. Right. I you can't sh- say, look at off- how much money I saved. <laughs> you shaved off $1,000. From I- what I spent last year. That I think not- we should just put it all on black. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we are $31 trillion It would be more, worth- so more worthwhile. In 2022. So only five so, times so more I don't than think when that, that book was includes- written. I don't even think that includes... Um, the bill that we just passed, but just to give a little bit of uh, context, in twenty in two thousand eight, we were ten trillion dollars in debt, <sighs> and it took until twenty in twenty seventeen, we were twenty trillion dollars in debt, and then it just took five years to add another ten trillion, 
to uh, uh, to our national debt. So, so what you're saying is we are exponentially basically it, our debt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> basically, it took us uh, 2008 to the founding of our country that long to accumulate 10 trillion. Then it took, uh, let's see, nine years to accumulate another trillion. And now it's five years to accumulate another 10 trillion. Which means in the next two years, we'll acquire another that is, 10 trillion. That's the rate at which <clears throat> we're going. Yes. And you know something? I have a hunch this is not sustainable. <laughs> what? Just a hunch? <laughs> Anyway, no, where you get such preposterous ideas. I I spent a lot of emotion on this of just how unsustainable our national debt is. The Federal Reserve can just print more money. We're fine. Well, (laughs) that'll have some side effects. Anyway, I'm going to rant about this later on when we talk about the McCarthy vote. But I did put a lot of emotion into that stupid budget that half the Republicans are like, oh, let's just pass it. I want to go home. Oh, no. Yeah. Cowards. No, um, Rand Paul, he released a, uh, a poem about about that. I wish I had that clip, but he it was, it I've was got the a... night before Christmas, and all the senators, <laughs> like, something like that. Anyway, it's I've Twitter. got a short it's short, uh, short audio of it. There's oh, you do? Shame on that button's getting a little worn out, it looks like. Shame on you. <laughs> it can't get fooled again. I, I also have shift response. See, I belong to a certain <laughs> secret society. I don't believe I've got to mention its name. Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I still remember on my first episode just how excited you were to press that button when I referenced <laughs> Fool Me Once. <laughs> <laughs> I like the button. I like the button a lot. Okay. That's, yeah. So And uh, Matt, Matt Gates's comments on it. Oh. Uh, you ready for this? Yes. Everybody knows you never go full retard. <laughs> yeah. And then Donald Trump endorsed McCarthy and Kevin and Gates responded with... Uh, they might be trying to screw me. Well, of course they're trying yeah. to screw you. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, man, can't handle how on point I am with the uh, buttons tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so we have those eighteen senators that can stop being senators anytime now. It'd be great. Well, some of them already did actually. They. They signed that bill as their sign-off for not being senator anymore because they didn't run for senator again. It was their one-finger salute as they left uh-huh. office. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what? I just thought of something. This is this should have been a concession. Stop, don't come back. <laughs> this should have been a concession that they got from McCarthy is a vote to have the Senate, the senators and the House of Representatives, their paychecks come from their states, not from the federal government. Oh, I like that. I like that. Then they can't give themselves pay raises. Yes. Among other things. Well, but <clears throat> someone from California would be paid more than someone from Wyoming. Yep. And that's California's choice. <laughs> <laughs> Wyoming can't afford the hundred-something thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, probably I legit had somebody deserve. try to convince me the other day that California is propping up everything in the entire country. 
with its GDP. <laughs> I mean, a hundred years ago, maybe. <laughs> it's like they've they've got the sixth largest GDP in the world with just their their state. I'm like, and yet they still can't afford half. How of the time? shit that they do in their own state. Did, did you respond? Oh, but with, they pay into the Fed. They pay into the Fed. That's what I kept getting from them. They pay into the Fed. I'm like, did you so ask, does everybody else. It's illegal not to. Did you ask them how many times California's declared bankruptcy? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, oh, that would I be did, a good one. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times has But I did say like, that they're on the verge of declaring it again, so... Did, and how that. many times has, I don't know, Texas declared bankruptcy? Oh, never. <laughs> <laughs> Well, doesn't remember. matter how much money you make if you're terrible with it. Uh-huh. Case in point, look at every lottery winner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, we have those 18 yes. losers. Here's the 20 winners from, if you missed the McCarthy debacle, it's probably the greatest moment of political anything at least in my lifetime to happen in the white in uh dc because of the implications of it the 20 heroes i call them patriots if you will actual republicans actual conservatives hold one second before you go there mm. i want to finish my california point <laughs> please do i have one more thing <laughs> it is currently 2023 uh-huh. In 2016, California had $118.7 billion in total debt. $785.72 billion in unfunded liabilities and other retirement benefits. Meaning that they had $785.72 billion that they couldn't pay for in their own That they had to things. get a loan from the government That they for? had to get a loan from uh-huh. the government for. They had a $250 surplus per capita. $250 surplus? Yes. Mm. Surplus. Mm. Uh, it, yeah. So that was in 2016. And they've only gotten worse since then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway. Anyway. The 20 heroes... In the stand against McCarthy and the machine and the swamp and whatever else you want to call it there. Representatives Andy Biggs, Dan Bishop, Lauren Bobert, Josh Breachin, Brechen, Breachin, I don't know. You need to fix your name, Josh. Michael Cloud, Andrew Clyde, Ellie Crane, Matt Gates, Bob Good, Paul Gosar, Gosar, Andy Harris, Anna Paulina Luna, Mary Miller, Ralph Norman, Andy Ogles, Ogles, Scott Perry, Matt Rosendale, Chip Roy, Keith Self, and Byron Donalds. Those 20 are the reason why nothing is going to get done from Congress for the next two years, which is a great, great thing. (laughs) Outside of that... They actually did get some decent concessions that will help for the rest of Congress. Um, I guess we should probably do those before DeSantis. 
Among the uh, concessions they got, um, a promise for guaranteed votes on uh, pet issues like a balanced budget amendment, term limits, a Texas border plan, and an end to and an end to all remaining coronavirus mandates and funding. Yes, please. A new committee to investigate the alleged weaponization of the FBI against its political foes. The committee would be modeled on the Church Committee, which investigated U.S. intelligence agencies in 1975. It would have it would have a budget comparable to the recently disbanded January 6th committee. More single-subject bills to allow members to vote on specific, narrow issues instead of thousand-page pork barrel behemoths. Yes, yes. <laughs> A 72-hour window for members to read any new bill before it can be voted on. Yes, especially when linked with it's one thing. Yeah, <laughs> you should yeah. have. Yeah. If like, you can't, we need fit, both of those. If you can't fit <clears throat> one thing into something that can be read and debated within 72 hours, no. All right. <laughs> yeah. I. And a promise to refuse any increase in the debt ceiling in the next federal budget agreement. Yes. Could someone explain to me how how these are like concessions from McCarthy? Like, <laughs> and it's not like, just... oh, we we need time to read the bills that we're voting on, and McCarthy's like, no, no, okay, fine. Yeah, because uh, back when McCarthy was in charge, you know, with Donald Trump being in charge before Pelosi was in charge again, he didn't do any of these things, which is why Donald Trump had to sign executive order after executive order after executive order to get things done because McCarthy and McConnell did nothing to help him on important issues like border security, health care, uh, budget stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, that's great that we got a few concessions that honestly shouldn't be concessions. Like, I am surprised that we had to negotiate <laughs> yeah. these out of him. Yeah, those are just the rule concessions, the rules. They got a whole list of, yeah, we're going to do a bunch of bills and you're going to bring them to the floor. <laughs> like you'd think that those would just be, be his priorities anyway. Um, so Mike, you and I, we had a disagreement on how this, uh, how this McCarthy fight went. Um, tell me some more about why you thought that McCarthy was no better than a Democrat. Because he's not. Because he's not. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at his voting record. Look at what he does. He sides on, on not conservative issues a grand majority of the time in most of his stuff. Yeah, so um, as you know, I was uh, arguing with you on that. I said that it is not worth it to risk the possibility of a Democrat Speaker of the House when we have a Republican majority. And I took the opinion that we should just vote for McCarthy. Um, and after I learned that the... Um, they were trying to get the 20 were trying to get concessions out of McCarthy. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's actually a great strategy. Uh -huh. Like get concessions from McCarthy and then vote for right. him. But the point is, is we do want him to become speaker of the house. Once we get sufficient and concessions, the concessions that they got from him prove my point. Yes. <laughs> Tell me more about that. <clears throat> you you well, said yourself oh, that yes, how, yes, yes, yes. how are these concessions concessions we had to get from a Republican? Yeah. So, because they're not concessions we had to get from a Republican. They're concessions we had to get from a Democrat that's pretending to be a Republican. So yeah, that's fair. McCarthy's liberty score is 54%. Yeah, so I... Um, just is, over is half... Of, 
is that uh, Conserv- conservative review? Conservative review. So just okay. over half of the time, he votes for things that give more liberty. Yeah. So, which is worse than some Democrats. I was looking at his yes. Heritage Action Score, which is pretty similar. Right. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh, it's 88. percent That's great. That was actually his um, score from this last session. Uh huh. So just this one, his overall lifetime score is 53. percent Yes. He he bumps his score up when it's time for him to get in power. When he the writing on here's what's funny. I thought about this. So McConnell withheld money from key races to keep Republicans from actually getting control of the Senate. And in so doing, it kind of hurt the Republic, the House side because McCarthy wasn't doing anything either to push for uh, Republicans to take over the House. So in so doing, Republicans just barely win the House. Okay, this puts the Freedom Caucus in a position of power because they have just enough to do what they just did. Yeah. Whereas if if the political machine behind getting the same old tired thing in the Republican Party went to work to get more Republicans voted on so they'd actually have power just to do the same old thing, they would have been able to do the same old tired thing because they would have had more votes to just do that. But because the Freedom Caucus had the numbers it had and they had such a slim majority as a whole, they screwed themselves over by trying to screw over <laughs> yeah. actual conservatives yeah, getting so into power. I have to say, given... So, oh, go ahead. Going Mike. off of the freedom scores, right? You you want to have, have a comparison stick here? So Did you, you Romney? dislike Romney vehemently, yeah, he has a high, McCarthy has a lower score than Mitt Romney. No, not not quite. <laughs> not quite. McCarthy scores 54. Take, take a guess what Romney's score is. 53. 52. 52. Oh, my gosh. So he is right there next to Romney. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I completely there are, agree. There are some Democrats that have scores in the 60s. Just saying. Wow. That's... Uh... Okay, so I, I did see that. I saw that Romney had a comparison, comparable score to McCarthy. <clears throat> and um, so I, I agree. After looking at his record, I think there's no question that Kevin McCarthy is a terrible result for Speaker. Um, we can definitely agree on that. I am pleased with the concessions. And I'm also hopeful <clears throat> that because McCarthy had a, a higher liberty score uh, in this last session, that he is, shall we say, um, let's say open-minded <laughs> to um, those in his own power. But granted, he's proven to be open-minded to the Democrats as well, so that's not good. Yes. But one of the concessions that they got that's key to all of this is going back to Jeffersonian rules, rules that Jefferson set up, which, I don't know, kind of important. <laughs> um, but one member of the controlling party, if they don't like the speaker, can call for a new vote for speaker. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was one of the concessions. So now, again, that small majority, that small uh, group of the Freedom Caucus, those 20 members, basically are holding McCarthy by the balls the entire yeah. time 
<clears throat> saying you're going to stick to these rules or we'll do it again. I I, I <laughs> bet they're going to do it again. Uh-huh. Like I I bet you that it. W- I'm calling it right now. I think it'll happen the next time a budget comes up. It's gonna happen. Um. Anyway, so now that I'm aware that Kevin McCarthy is very comparable to Romney, and Romney is just the bane of my existence. <laughs> um, the saddest thing is Romney's not even the worst one in the GOP. No. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'd like to ask some questions rhetorically. Mm-hmm. So the questions are, would you rather have a squishy Republican like Romney or like Kevin McCarthy um, as Speaker of the House or really any leadership position or a full-blown blown Democrat? I'd rather have third party. <laughs> well, once again, pull the trigger. <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, huh. What options do we have to enact change? So just like within within the um, Republican co- um, uh, caucus, now that we have a majority, like what levers do we have to actually enact change to get the country in a better direction? Um, and just generally, the like what I've learned from this is each of us have different appetites for risks and levels of satisfaction with incremental change because we can all agree that we are not in a good situation, but we have different standards for what good incremental change looks like. I I think, uh, so, so I actually, uh, who was it that I was listening to the other day? I think it was, was, uh, Tim cast Tim, Tim cast. They, they had, a. uh, kind of a meeting of minds there. And one of the guys said something that I I can't remember who it was that said it, but one of them said something that, that struck me as very, Oh, that explains so many things between my difference of opinion with several of my friends. And it it was, um, when, when he was describing his, um, outlook versus one of the other guys outlook, he said, uh, you're a reformist. And I'm a revolutionary. Mm. Um, and the, the difference in mentality is the the reformist believes that there's still a chance to work within the system to make the change we need. And the revolutionary believes that to make the change we need, we need drastic overhaul yeah. immediately that probably can't be done within the system with as broken as it is. And they would be the types of people that would be willing to risk a Democrat Speaker of the House to Mm -hmm. make sure that we don't get McCarthy. Because they see it as all the same anyway. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, And so just the point that I want to make on this is even though I probably wouldn't have made that same decision, I I mean, I'm talking about the never McCarthy Uh um, people that even at the end they didn't vote for McCarthy. right, right. Um, I'm more on the camp of get as many concessions as you can out of McCarthy and then vote for him. That's more like um, where I'm at. But uh, I definitely respect the never McCarthy Republicans as an act of desperation because I'm not in the house. I really don't know what level levers there are for change within Uh the house, but assuming there's none and assuming you have the kind of uh, risk appetite to be willing to risk a Democrat Speaker of the House, I really respect it as an act of desperation. It's true I'm not quite there. Like, I wouldn't have done the Never McCarthy thing. But if I did believe that there's no difference between voting for him and a Democrat, and I didn't have any other levers of, like, levers to pull to enact any change, 
I probably would do it, even though like we can agree that it was probably pointless to just not vote for McCarthy. Right. You know, but as an act of desperation, even though I wasn't quite there when this happened and I wouldn't have done the same thing, I'm not that far off. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I hear you. Yeah, because so, it's... It's, uh, <sighs> it's one of those things where if you look at that list of uh, the 20, many of them are still rather junior... Yeah. representatives. Yeah. They, they haven't been there for a long time, whereas McCarthy's been there for 16 yeah. years. And just look at the concessions that we got out of McCarthy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, like, in my opinion, because he had made so many concessions just over this one thing, and he, we're probably going to have the same fight again in the not-so-distant future, like, that to me shows that he's kind of a weak leader. Oh, yeah. You know? Yes, definitely. Um, and the point is, is that if we don't have... The point I'm trying to make is, I think this fight revealed what situation we're in because if we don't have strong leadership that focuses everyone's risk appetites toward a specific well, objective and I will basically be hurting cats. Yes. I, I do want to point out. I don't think it was as much of a risk of that as you think it was. Yeah, that's probably true. Simply because the, the, the vote was so close. Literally all the Republicans would have needed to do is have one or two people vote for McCarthy at the end as, as it was winding down to tie with the Democrat candidate to where they would have to revote again anyway. Yeah. It, it's you know, true it, that it, there, there really wasn't that much risk there. Yeah. No, it, assuming that's true again, I don't know, you know, cause it's over now. So I really don't mm-hmm. know how high the risk of, of risking a Democrat speaker of the house was. Um, but assuming there wasn't a huge risk of that happening, then I think it should have gone on all day. Yeah. And like for and, weeks. Months, and it's whatever. it's also worth noting that this this is actually like I, it, it's not necessarily the way it was intended to function every time, but it was intended for this particular thing to function this way. Yeah, you I, know that that and, and you can you can tell that by historical evidence. I mean, look at look at uh, the 1855 House Speaker vote. Right. The 1855 House Speaker vote took them two months, and it was. 133 ballots they Something went through. Like they that, voted yeah. 133 times before they finally picked a, a speaker. house speaker. You know? And, and and it was because it was because the, the options weren't good. They were trying to to make deals. They were trying to make a, a concession that would make it so that the house could go forward. And and the problem we had here is everybody's so used to things being done quickly, being done instantly. And, and, you know, when the government shuts down, it's a huge deal. Nowadays it, it is. It, it yeah. shouldn't be a huge deal. No. The government should be so small that if the government shuts down for three weeks, nobody cares. Yep. Uh-huh. That's, that's the way it was intended to be. But it's gone so far out of control that, and, and this House Speaker vote per, uh, casts into perfect light how out of control it is. Yep. Yeah. It, you the, know? Because they were... Uh, prominent Democrats that were um, so concerned about all this. If an emergency happens, we wouldn't be able to act. Any of you could vote for McCarthy at any time and end this. Yeah. If it's that big of a deal for the Democrats, they can vote for McCarthy. And that would have been over. It would have been done. But they didn't. They sat and ate their popcorn and watched the show because McCarthy's the same as the guy they were trying to get elected. It would have been the same rules, the same thing. 
So they just let it go because they knew American people as a whole would be too stupid to understand the difference between a republic and democracy. Because uh-huh. what you witnessed and with McCarthy was a republic. Yes. Every other time they vote for speaker and it's just a one vote and it's done, that's a democracy. And and they let it. They also let it go because of the way the media was spinning it. Because the media was spinning it as a a complete circus and a clown show it's on an the Republicans on our country, which yeah. how it should which work. isn't isn't true. It was it was exactly the way it should have worked. It was done for a purpose. It was done with a reason, and it was done well. Yep. And you can tell it was done well because they got all the concessions they wanted. And it's concessions that everyone agrees with. And yeah, yep. and it was concessions that everybody agreed with. And, yep. and it's concessions that you read the concessions and you're like, wait, why did they have to? Why, why? did they have to come up with concessions <laughs> for a Republican speaker? <coughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so I I want to talk about a so the. The point that I'm trying to make is yeah. I think that this situation reveals what our uh, what our situation in Washington is. Yeah. Is the Democrats are insane and they are extremely unified. Mm-hmm. Republicans are trying to compete with the Democrats and we are not unified because we have weak leadership. Because, you know, most Republicans are just willing to vote for whatever to just get their day over with. But others actually want some change and we have an opponent that is trying to destroy the country but for us to win we need to be both unified and fight for the right things and there are only you know so many republicans that are willing to fight for the right things instead of just cave to the democrats yeah democrats are trying to as a whole are trying to destroy the country they all have different ways in which they want to destroy it yeah but they're all working together right now to get there until just like any woke thing eventually you're not woke enough and yeah. you're dropped off the train. Well, but Republicans are doing their damnedest to keep up. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why it is the way it is, because a, de- a, a Democrat is a Republican in five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. I, know, I know we're uh, talking about this for... <laughs> we haven't moved on to another article for a while. It's but fine, though. That to, to me, this is like, like I said before, this is like the most important thing that's happened in Congress. The most... Uh, game-changing thing that's happened in Congress since I can even remember in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk about a broader topic than just the speaker fight that we just had. Um, I want to talk about um, explore who's to blame for the mess we have in Washington in general. (laughs) Like why we just got a budget that is going to increase the debt even more, like unprecedentedly so in a single year why the Democrats are insane and why the Republican party is so ineffective, ineffective. Um, Who do we blame for all that? Yes. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you just gestured to all of him. (laughs) How how deep do you want to dig that hole? Well, um, I've been thinking about this more and I'm apt to blame the voters. Yes, of course. Um, I'm not, like, I know it's not that simple, but the, the way I see it is the way our system works is through the consent of the governed, and the way we give consent uh, to the government is through voting. And the system depends on the voters selecting good candidates, and if they fail in that responsibility, being educated as to, like, what these candidates will actually lead to, then they are to blame when the system fails. And basically whoever is responsible for any system is to blame when that system fails. 
And I think that the voters are the ones that fundamentally have the responsibility to buoy up the system. And because they are so indifferent and uneducated and, you know, um, just plain ignorant, you know, because we keep getting these, this, these messes in Washington, like I think they are fundamentally to blame because they are not taking their responsibility seriously. I <laughs> agree so, to a point. Yeah. But I, I, I think that the real blame falls on, um, it falls on schools and it falls on the media. Yeah. Because, because that's, that's how voters get their information. So yeah, I, I mean, and, and this is, this is, you, you go round and round and round and round here on where because, the blame is, yeah. uh, because it, yes, the voters should educate themselves, but where do the voters get their education? They get their educations from school. They get their educations from media. So when somebody takes control of school and media and for decades they pump in propaganda and and they teach people things that are wrong, you can't at that point really blame the voters anymore. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's the people that have been re-educating them. Yeah. And the, indoctrinating them throughout the years that are really pulling the strings. And so they're the ones really to blame. And yeah. you, you go back to the uh, 50s, 60s, whenever it was when in Congress they read in the uh, uh, communist goals to take over the America. And you read through those goals that they have and all but like three or four are done. Yeah. Yeah. And among those goals is to take control of the media take control of education, take control of all these things that people get their information from and corrupt it Yeah, yeah. to make it so it's communist friendly, to make it socialist yeah. friendly. <clears throat> um, and to that point, currently, Representative Don Young from AK is Alaska? Yes. Um, he's got a Liberty score of 46%. He's a Republican. He's been there for 50 years. Whoa. Yeah. I bet you talk to any Alaskan in his district, and they will tell you how much they hate just about everything that he's voted for. He's a House Republican, and he's been there for 50 years. 50 yes. years. And everyone hates him. And we I, need term I'm limits. Not, I'm not saying that everyone hates him. I'm saying if you bring up... the the things that he's voted for that dinged his Liberty score. Right. And you talk to the people in Alaska, they'll tell you, well, yeah, they, sh that should, things like that should pass. Or I hate when they vote for this, or I hate when they vote for that. And he's voting against everything that they stand for, but they keep putting him in office. It's to your, yeah. to your point that I, you're again, saying indifference. They're like, Oh, he's a Republican. It's Just not, vote for him. it's I, not my representative. Right. Well, it's and, and the I other ones. I don't know necessarily as much that it is actually indifference as much as it is being misled. It's being misled, yeah. and in, you don't want to be wrong. Yeah, exactly. You well, put him there. And, you don't want him to be the wrong guy. Because because your average person, your average everyday person, is going to 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 look at, and and this is the problem with the party system. Because they're they're gonna look at a ballot and they're gonna go, oh, Republican, that means he shares my values. And and they're gonna they're and gonna same thing with Democrat too. And same thing with Democrat too. 
oh, Democrat, they share my values and they're going to check a box. And that's, that's how they're going to vote because they've, they've been educated that Republican means X and Democrat means X. And that's not what they mean. Uh-huh. They, they don't mean anything. It, it literally doesn't mean anything <laughs> other than this person paints themselves red and that person paints themselves blue so that you won't so that you won't be bigoted against them for their color. That's literally what it means. That's literally the only reason it exists is is to to take the uh, take advantage of the people that that are being indoctrinated to think that way. Yeah, and again, you uh, know, if they're just voting based off of the color, uh, so whether they're re- a red candidate or a blue <clears throat> candidate, yeah, that that's an example of them refusing to take on their responsibility yeah. Yeah, as but, a voter. But it's it's also because that's the way they've been educated to do it. Yeah. It's the way yeah. they've been told to do it. It's I mean, a you look at sword. you look at your <laughs> yeah. parents. Your parents, I mean, my parents, my parents voted Republican down ballot. Uh-huh. Every single year. Every time. Right. Because we need a Republican in office. Well, that that, would, that was it. That was the extent of the reasoning. It that, wasn't because ex Republican had, you know, this good value, and that's why I am a hard advocate of stop voting party. Yeah, vote your conscience. Washington was right. <clears throat> you know, and and I know, I know, I know you disagree with me on that, Keith. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on that, but our, our problems, our real problems stem back to people don't educate themselves because they're indoctrinated to follow the system and the system is rigged. The system has taught people what to think, not how to think. Yes, exactly. Going, going back to just, I, I will admit that this opinion that I have you know, that the blame is on the voters. It's largely stemming from just my anger of what has happened recently, the destruction of marriage act and the budget that was just passed. And it's, I am extremely angry about those. And it's not that you're wrong in blaming the voters because no, you're not wrong. Like I said, I I agree to you. I agree with you to a point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like I said, it's a double edged sword. The voter people should be smart enough to know that you're being played. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the system is freaking rigged. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) When I see, after I see a third of the Senate Republicans vote for this budget, um, including Mitt Romney or anyone voting for Democrat, I'm act, um, like, and then inflation like keeps, Uh you know, Uh getting worse. You know, I'm, I'm apt to say like, you guys deserve it. Like, um, if you keep voting for these scumbags, you don't deserve freedom and you don't deserve prosperity. Case. I understand that okay. it's not that simple. So but here's two questions. Here's two mm-hmm. questions I want to ask. These are somewhat rhetorical. <laughs> Number one, um, I'm hoping that you can talk me out of my declaration that people don't deserve freedom. And number two, how do we turn this around? Now, before you answer the question, I want to give thought. I want to try to answer my own question. So thoughts on number one, like you said, there are cultural forces at work that manipulate the average person through the media, academia, Hollywood, public schools, selective enforcement of the law. (laughs) I'm mostly referring to the DOJ Uh declaring uh, parents that went to school board meetings as domestic terrorists. Yes. Mm -hmm. So anyway, point is, is all of these are basically sanctions against the average person to make them 
think a certain way. So it's just easier to operate in society if you think a certain way. Right. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> my thoughts on number two, how do we turn this around? I think we turn around by being fearless and influential. So in other words, within our own sphere of influence, just like try to influence as many people as possible and making good candidates an option. So my... Right. Like my solution to what you're saying is like, don't just vote red, you know, don't just vote by party. My solution for that is the real fight is in the primaries. That's uh -huh. my opinion is the real fight yeah. is in the primaries. So, but the primaries happen, the red candidate is chosen. Then I would, you have red. a choice yeah. between, you have a choice between Romney and a Democrat. I would, I would look into the Democrat you know, I, I, I'm you know, not fully confident I would do this when the time came. But that's I'm, the problem with, with blaming the voter. Saying, that's the problem with blaming the voter when when the the party system is the way it is. Well, right, but we had the opportunity you know? to select a different candidate in the primary. So once we lost the primary, we lost the election. And yeah, we have, we have the option between two bad options. Um, but Romney having a... Uh, uh, a score of what was it? 50, 52, 52 mm -hmm. versus a Democrat who let's say, what, what is the average Democrat score? I don't even know. Uh, uh, low, 22, low. 22. Okay. Oh, uh, so. well actually no. So, so I looked it up again. So I, I said earlier that there are some Democrats in the sixties. I was wrong. The, the thing that it had like switched a page when I said that. And so uh, the highest Democrat score is a 22 and it's Alan Omar. Cool. <laughs> she is the most conservative Democrat, according the to the irony. The uh, is that House Democrat? What yeah. about Joe Manchin? No, no, no. That that's in, all. That's including all. That's including Senate and House. Wow. She is the most conservative Democrat, anyway, according to their their uh, freedom. Anyway, rate. there are a lot of things that like issues that Mitt Romney has voted so, the right way. So the on, average is probably around ten. Clearly, he is better than a. De he's marginally better better than a Democrat, um, but. I haven't fully answered the question. Am I willing to vote for Romney because he's marginally better? Or am I willing to just not vote for him because he is not the person that I'm willing to represent me? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I haven't quite answered that question, but because Romney is marginally better than a Democrat, I would apt to just vote for Romney. See, believing the real <clears throat> fight was in the primaries. See, I, I, and I think, I think a lot of that kind of goes to Mike's point with the, um, just the system as a whole of education, all that mm -hmm. is, you know, you open up your text, your history books and all that. And all you see at the beginning of the presidential thing, they have them listed by their parties and all that stuff. You see wig and all this stuff. And then you see Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat, blah, 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 blah. And then you're basically taught through school and media and other things. That's it. There's just the two choices. Yeah. And, but, and people get, so locked into this thing of they laziness controls everything you do in life, mm -hmm. whether you overcome it or you succumb to it. Laziness decides what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And in this scenario of Rom Romney versus pick a Democrat. Yeah. Oh, well, Romney's a little bit better. I could do more research to see who better represents what I want to happen. Do it during the primaries. Right. But Primaries happen, and now it's November. I could do more homework to see if there's somebody else that represents me more, and 
and vote for them. And then you'll lose. You might as well not vote. And this is... And well, this is, you voted in the primary and you lost. You might as well not vote. <laughs> you, you, voted, you voted a Republican and the Republican lost. You might as well not vote. That argument is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it and doesn't that, it doesn't matter if you lose or not the the principle of it is you're voting for what you want and this is and what if you are always voting red or blue not voting what you want then it's your fault and this is what's what the, there this and is that's what the freedom caucus proved and that's that's where i div, that's where my divergence is i don't blame the voter because they voted red i i blame the education I blame the voter that they didn't even consider another party that more aligned with their with their beliefs. Right, and that's that's part of the allure with the uh, um, the ranked choice voting. Yeah. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think I like it overall, but I like the idea of it. Yeah, because then you could actually have people say, "Well, I want to vote for this third party," and if they lose, then yeah, vote for the Republican. Yeah, that's yeah. That's fair. How I've, how much would that change everything mm-hmm. if that actually played out the way it's supposed to play out? And and the 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 idea that that voting for anybody other than red or blue is throwing away your vote is part of that education that uh-huh. they do. You, they they push that because then they can they can uh, push certain candidates into the primaries. They can control who's in the primaries. They can control these different things. And then you only have a couple of options in the primaries. Well, yeah, you, you know, I, I mean, even even look at the primaries. Who's who's running against Romney? I don't even know exactly. Neither do I. Uh huh. And so you don't even know the other guy. So who are you going to vote for in the primary? And and then on you know, top of that, like and like and so Romney Utah, wins the primary, and then you're you're faced with the choice of Romney or a Democrat. Who do you vote for? And then on top of that, places like here in Utah. <clears throat> People have no idea how the actual system works. No. Yeah, no. because not a clue. again, education because again, does education not teach you. doesn't teach you because they teach you to go vote on on November. vote day, but they don't teach you anything about the primaries. They don't teach you anything which, about the national debt either. Which no. in some they don't, they don't states, teach you anything. In some states, starts in March. Which is which is why you know <laughs> and 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 that's 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 the main reason why I try to pull myself away from blaming the voter yeah. because if I was going to blame the voter, I could blame the voter for not voting third party every time. So uh-huh. I, I could do that, you know. But I I don't do that because I I feel in my bones it's not necessarily because people really want these things it's because they've been indoctrinated to do it the way they they're think doing it's it. the only option they think they it's have. the only option they have yeah you know and well and that's I part kind of, of agree <laughs> frankly from a strategic from a strategic standpoint um but again like you said i think it's because that's how it's always been done mm-hmm. you know if you vote for a third party each time you vote for third party you know that everyone else is going to vote red or blue. And so therefore it's like throwing your vote away for each individual election. But the, mm-hmm. but if you keep doing that and if others like you keep doing that, then presumably the third party might have and better that, and better choices. And that's right. basically what the freedom caucus just proved. Yeah. If those 20 I don't follow, if those 20 were libertarians, that would change everything because the Republicans and the Democrats would have to work with them to get something done. 
because it has to be the majority leader. Mm -hmm. Well, the majority leader has to have the majority of the votes. Right? So, yeah. So if those 20... But again... Um, technically, shouldn't the minority leader be an independent because there's only two independents in the House? So the minority leader is the second most votes. So, but <laughs> in, in most but, jurisdictions, but it's not a minority leader; it's a second place leader. <laughs> in most jurisdictions, you have to win a plurality of the vote, not a majority of the vote. Yes. Yes. So, if the Freedom Caucus were any typical state, then a Democrat would be a, the Speaker of the House right now. No, because no, in no. the first vote. The Democrat won a plurality. No, they have to have the majority of the I votes. Know that's, I know yes. that's the rules for the speaker vote, which is why it played out the way it did. Yes. But I'm just saying in an average jurisdiction where you only need a plurality. He's talking the, about oh, the, the oh, states. It, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But had, had the um, speaker vote gone according to the rules of a typical state, then a Democrat would have won. So okay. those Freedom Caucus, even though they're f like um, freedom-loving Republicans, they would have caused the Democrat to win. Under right. normal House rules. Right. And so that's the calculus that the and average citizen has to consider. That's the difference between a democracy and a republic. So so now, though, take a state that has all kinds of 50-50 whatevers. Like Georgia. Yeah. Like yeah, Georgia. You need to and you win a majority to win, at least in the Senate. Yeah. I don't know but, about the other rules. But you have this little chunk that is taken from basically the middle. So Democrat, Republican. This little chunk of libertarians or whatever party that are making yeah. it so neither side gets what they want. Mm -hmm. They have to appeal to that group in order to win. Right. It's, I see what you're saying. So what you're saying is the strategy of voting third party is this third party candidate uh, stands for particular values that appeal to you. Mm -hmm. And even though you're going to lose this election, they will know that when the next election comes around, the mainstream party is going to be like, okay, so we lost to the Democrat this time. How can I pick up the votes from this third party candidate to vote for me? I need to appeal to this group. Right. So that's what you're saying. That's the strategy. It's a losing strategy for each individual election, but maybe down the road as a group, the mainstream right. candidate will pay attention to you yeah. in, in future uh, and, elections. And, and, and the interesting thing is if you look at it uh, at a micro instead of a ma macro, libertarians actually do win elections. They win locally. Oh yeah. They win quite that, a bit. That, they win city county elections all the they, time. They win yeah. city and county elections all the time because people are much more involved and actually understand what's going on in their neighborhood than they yeah. do in the country. And, and it's, there's no like, extra rules and things in the local elections. So when it comes to a local election, people go and they go, oh, this guy likes this, 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 and this, and I like this, 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 and this. I'm going to vote for that guy. And on top of that, he's my neighbor. I know it. Yeah, and on top of that, he's my neighbor. I know him. And then then you have libertarian council members. You have libertarian, gov uh, not governors, but uh, well, I mean, you might have a governor somewhere. I don't, I don't actually know if there's any libertarian governors. No, not, but not, you, not currently, no. You have, you have libertarians sitting in, in city and county councils. There's and, probably and some even in state things. houses. Yeah, yeah, there's probably some even in state houses. And so the, the libertarians can win elections. And this isn't saying that the libertarian is the answer. No, no, it's, it's just, just a third party. It's just a third, yeah. like the the most prominent third party that's that's you know been there, and and so if 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 it works on the micro, 
it can work. It can work on the macro. Just needs education. If if <laughs> it weren't for the education. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you need a strategy <clears throat> in order for it to work in the macro. Like an incredible strategy. But yeah, I, I think mm-hmm. that what you said about, yeah, you might lose this election, but maybe in future elections, the mainstream candidate will try to appeal to the third party group. I think that's a good argument. And whether or not you actually vote for a third party or the mainstream party, I think the difference between that is just your risk appetite and how much you want to win this election. And then you're conscious too of, so if you're able to sleep at night with who you vote for. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Anyway, I can't sleep at night if I vote for Romney. So I never will. (laughs) That's fair. Ever. I I I don't care who he's running against. I haven't decided. I'll make that decision. I will vote for literally anyone else. Um, so going back to my original questions on um, how do we turn this around? Um, oh, on your... F- let me let me ask... On your first question. Um, on why the voters don't deserve freedom. Talking me out of why the voters don't deserve freedom. Here's my answer. Nobody deserves freedom. Fair. Nobody yeah. deserves it. You earn freedom. Yeah. Freedom is earned. It is not given. And if we don't collectively... And that's why we are where we are. Fight for freedom. Like, if the average citizen doesn't fight for freedom, they can't be surprised when inflation goes through the roof and when they don't have freedoms And when you're told that you can't have a gas stove anymore. When you can't... Yeah. That's a new thing. Or gardens or, you know, or your kids have to be indoctrinated into this set of values. Like, we can't be surprised if... The citizens collectively aren't fighting for Technically, freedom. you don't need everyone. You only need one and third. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Just saying. And my second question on how we turn this around, um, my, my answer to that is we need to be fearless and influential in our daily lives yes. and make good candidates an option. And as for being influential, I just have a question about social pressure. Um, over the course of just a few years, the left somehow culturally declared that if you don't believe that a woman can have penises, then you are an evil bigot. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Yes, because. Can we- you explain to me how it worked? Indoctrination. The, the conversation we just had. The, co- <laughs> the, the entire conversation we just had. Yes. That, that is the explanation. That and people are too spineless. That, to, back to our, the theme for the year. People don't want to offend anyone. Mm-hmm. And if you, can't, if you can't say anything without worrying about being offensive, you can never fully tell the truth. Yeah. As, as I, opposed... I am a woman. A, no, a, you're a, not. <laughs> that's great you think that, but you're not. I think, well, that's offensive. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I no, take back everything the, I said. The, <laughs> when, you, when you preach something like, you know, tolerance or whatever, there's another side to that. Yeah. Because they're also implying that if you don't believe the way that they do, they are very um, exclusionary and non-accepting to those that don't affirm their own yeah. belief system. And so they have a dimension of hatefulness and bigotry themselves. So, like, so a, a post, how do we turn that around? A, opposed to popular belief i don't believe that the natural state of people is actually conflict no it is not i believe that the natural state of people people are naturally gregarious lazy conflict yeah and lazy (laughs) back what i said before people are lazy laziness controls what you do yeah (laughs) conflict comes from when people congregate together and then two separate congregations have differences 
that they can't resolve. That's that's what leads to the majority of conflict in our world. That's what makes America America. But on an individual basis, one individual with another individual, they will usually try their best not to cause friction with each other. Mm-hmm. Because they they don't like the confrontation. Uh-huh. They people people in general don't enjoy the confrontation. So that's and why so, a third of Republican, you know, senators or whatever are willing to just go along with whatever the Democrats spineless, are because yes. the Democrats will not move. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And so they're like, all and, right, to move on and, with my day, I have to just And the Democrats will not move because they know the Republicans will yield every yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why why mm-hmm. surrender ground when you know that your enemy is just going to retreat? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, and and so all right. when you're when you're talking about <clears throat> Fixing it, the the only real way to fix it is to replace the parts that are broken. Yeah, which is and yeah. and the the more that <laughs> the more and kind of like Mike said, the more that third party vote grows, the more the other two parties will realize something's wrong. Especially the one that's losing the most people. Yeah, they they have to make a change, whether they believe in the change or and, not. They have to make a change to stay in power. And to be clear, I'm not advocating just go and vote any third party anytime you do no, anything. No, it depends on the election no, and the candidate. It, it depends. Well, not just that. It, it depends on the individual. It depends on the person you're voting for. Yeah. My my advocacy is vote for the person that most aligns with your standards. <laughs> Period. For, Regardless for ex- of anything else. For example, if you live in Vermont. <clears throat> Patrick Leahy is a senator that represents you with a 0% liberty score. He's a Whoa. Dem- he's a Democrat. I'm surprised. Just 48 kidding. years in Washington, D.C. To put that in context, Bernie Sanders has a 5% liberty score. <laughs> and he's an ad... And he's a, he is out an out-and-out socialist. Out-socialist, <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so Patrick Leahy, 0% liberty score, Vermont, Democrat, 48 years in D.C., what the hell do you have to lose voting for a third party? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't get much worse than that. No. And along with that is, so I have it ranked by years in D.C. Uh, on this first page of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. On this first page of 10 politicians, 1, 2, 3, 4, Five, six. Six of them are Republican. And Nancy Pelosi is one of the Democrats at 36 years, and she's the bottom of that list of 10. So, if you're in Michigan, one of the areas there is represented by Fred Upton from the GOP with a 34% liberty score. What do you have to lose voting for a third-party member who would have a 60% liberty score? A 100% liberty score? Because according to this, you're getting just barely above a Democrat with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely do agree that that's, that's a good argument what you said about you might lose this election, but at least you voted for the candidate that most aligns with your values. And over time, 
if enough people vote third party, the mainstream can um, the mainstream candidate will try to appeal to that third party. Yeah. And and you're showing that you're not just going to keep going along. Yeah, with what's been happening, and yeah, which is how you get put <laughs> on government lists. <laughs> Anyway, this has been your how to piss off the government <laughs> episode. What do you mean I can't fly? Anyway. What do you mean I can't fly? And so what the hell is a domestic terrorist? <laughs> I haven't beat anyone. <laughs> My wife's fine. <laughs> oh, different, so, yeah, different, I oh. think I, th I think we can uh, combine both solutions of the primaries or mm -hmm. the real um, are the real election. Yes. And once you lose that election, consider third party and whether you actually pull the trigger for a third party just depends on your, you know, what level your, of conviction you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your risk. Yeah. Calculations I, I can't even vote in the Republican primary. And so right. I'm, yeah. I'm a registered independent. <laughs> anyway, and <laughs> so, that. and that leads us to, uh, my broad solution, making good candidates, a good option or making good candidates, at least an option. And that leads us to Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. I'd vote the shit out of that ballot. One of the founding members of the Freedom Caucus, I'll have you know. <laughs> that was something really? that that was yeah. something that NBC cool. or someone like that tried to point out as a dig against DeSantis. Ron DeSantis was a founding member of the Freedom Caucus that's currently holding up Congress. Well, he's my favorite again. Well, give me more <laughs> reasons to vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> Can only get so much of an erection. <laughs> I can only get so oh, erect. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, <laughs> Keith's turning red. <laughs> election, election. Let's oh, go with oh, election. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, can only vote for him so many meant. times in an election. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, we're we're over an hour into this recording, so I think we'll just highlight. Do it. <laughs> Do you want to highlight or do you want to watch the thing? I say we watch the thing. I say we watch the thing. Okay. They, the people have spoken. I mean, if you have a highlight, that'd be fine. I, I, it, it, the whole thing was highlighted. Yeah, if I didn't, highlights, if I didn't I, move this last week, <laughs> if I had a desk to sit at and highlight things. You know that time when you flipped open the scriptures and you looked inside and everything was highlighted? This is that time. This is that time. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously, I actually do think that the whole thing is a highlight. Oh, the it's whole thing is a highlight. No, it's 20 minutes long, but dude. Could you play it at like 1.25 speed? Maybe. Get to where you're at can you start. change the speed on this? No, you totally can. Oh, you totally can. Where is that in settings? Yeah, in yeah, settings. Yeah, if you click the little clog. Cog. Clog. Aha. Uh -huh. 1.25. That's All should right. Be good Let's That'll see how his voice sounds a, a little faster than normal. No, it sounds It'll normal sound like a smurf. Um, let me make sure we got this. Smurf, yeah. That? Nope. Ah, yeah. So it'll be 16 minutes instead of 20. <laughs> Roughly. Uh, like 16 and a half. At this point, we should have just played it. <laughs> Whoops. Just just hit the play button. I'm, try I'm trying to get it so it's visually appropriate on... Video stuff. Okay. okay. I'm trying trying to be nice to people. Technically his speech ends at like sixteen twenty three. Yeah, so. so it's not as All right. it's not it's not as long and as the twenty the whole twenty minutes. The governor of the great free state of Florida. Other Future president. The streets. 
and who keep our communities safe. Oh, oh, it lives oh in the sorry. You did a bad thing. Freedom lives there we go. here in our great sunshine state of Florida. Yes, sir. So he's uh, giving a speech after he was sworn in for a second term. His inauguration speech, yes. I love the, uh, the ASL person. Yes. It lives in the courage of those who patrol the streets <laughs> and who keep our communities safe. It lives in the industry of those who work long hours to earn a living and raise their families. It lives in the dedication of those who teach our She's children. Dancing. It lives in the determination yeah. of those who grow our food. It lives in the wisdom of our senior citizens. It lives in the dreams of the historic number of families who have moved from states across this country because they saw Florida as the land of liberty and the land of sanity. Yes. Over the past few years, as so many states in our country grinded their citizens down, we in Florida lifted our people up. When other states consigned their people's freedom to the dustbin, Florida stood strongly as freedom's linchpin. When the world <laughs> lost its mind, when common sense suddenly became an uncommon virtue, Florida was a refuge of sanity, a citadel of freedom for our fellow Americans and even for people around the world. In captaining the ship of state, we choose to navigate the boisterous sea of liberty rather than cower in the calm docks of despotism. I love the way that he just kind of rapped there for a second. Did you catch yes, that? Yes, especially in this faster speed. <laughs> we face attacks. We take hits. But we weather the storms. We stand our ground. And we do what's right. So I just want to point out, has he said I yet? Nope. Okay. As the book of Psalms <laughs> reminds us, I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. We have refused to use poles and to put our finger in the wind. Leaders do not follow, they lead. <laughs> we have articulated a vision for a free and prosperous state. We have, through persistence and hard work, executed on that vision. We have produced favorable results. And now we are here today because the people of Florida have validated our efforts in record fashion. Dude, the sign language at 1.25 speed is <laughs> freaking phenomenal. Florida shows got that sick results moves. matter. We lead not by mere words, but by deeds. Four years ago, we promised to pursue a bold agenda. We did just that, and we have produced results. We said we would ensure that Florida taxed lightly, regulated reasonably, and spent conservatively, and we delivered. We promised we would enact big education reforms, and we delivered. Quick drink, you're talking fast there. We said we would end judicial activism by appointing jurists who understand the proper role of a judge is to apply the law as written, yes. not legislate from the bench, and we delivered. Yes. Ugh. We promise to usher in a new era of stewardship for Florida's natural resources by promoting water quality and Everglades restoration efforts, and we delivered. Governor Things. Oh, ad. Just a second, you guys. Whoa. I should have had it playing we to skip all the ads. We said we would stand for law and order and support yeah. the men and women of should law enforcement. Should have logged into my account. And we Mine's delivered. ad free every time. <laughs> 
We promise to remedy deficiencies in Florida's election administration and to hold wayward officials accountable, and we delivered. We said we would support the areas in Northwest Florida stricken by Hurricane Michael, and we delivered. A point on that. Not once did he appear in front of a camera in front of a destroyed bridge or anything like that, saying, we're going to get this done. We've got people on the... Oh, the photo op thing that never did a politicians photo op. do? Not a yeah. single photo op. In fact... While California was floundering with whatever garbage it had to deal with. Oh, the power outage. While California was floundering with its power outage, Florida recovered from two hurricanes. Yep. Completely recovered from two hurricanes in the amount of time that California figured out what to do with its power. Yeah. And that included Florida figuring out what to do with its power that was destroyed by a hurricane. <laughs> California just ran out of power. <laughs> Too many Teslas. And when Hurricane Ian <laughs> came last year, the state coordinated a massive mobilization of response personnel, facilitated the fastest power restoration on record, and even quickly rebuilt key bridges that have been wiped out by the storm. California roads still under construction. We have stood by the people of Southwest Florida, and we will continue to do so in the weeks, months, and years ahead. Because of these efforts and others, Florida is leading the nation. Yes, we they are, are number one in these United States in net in-migration. Yes. We are the nation's fastest growing state. Yes. We are number one in new business formations. We are number one in tourism. We are number one in economic freedom. I go back to we Florida. rank number one in education <laughs> yeah. freedom. It was fun. And we rank number one in parental involvement in education. Yes, sir. That's really impressive. That like really is impressive. That, that he just listed. Florida also ranks number one in public higher education. This is a record we can all be proud of. Something that uh, I found out about on the way here. Um, there's a university in Florida that's been floundering for the last umpteen years. Because um, <clears throat> they keep trying to do all this woke stuff. And shockingly, it doesn't work. Shockingly. Uh, DeSantis just installed an entire new board at the university because they were thinking of shutting it down and reallocating resources. And they're already calling it the... Uh, um, what's that? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Constitutional University. Uh, Hillsdale? Yeah. yeah Hillsdale, Hillsdale of the, of the South, South, right? Is what they're calling it already. Yeah. Good. Because he's got... The guy that does <clears throat> Hillsdale is the new dean. Nice. <laughs> oh, nice. That's how you turn it around. That's how you turn it around. And the uh, the one of the guys on the board or whatever. I do love Hillsdale. One of the guys on the board is one of the first people to point out the CRT crap that started in all the schools. Hmm. I took a I took an I actually took a, a small economics course on Hillsdale. Hillsdale. One of their free ones, and it was it was uh, taught by uh, Professor Wolf. And the uh, the curriculum for it was the Capitalist Manifesto. <laughs> 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 Book is like that big. Yes, winning. But it is beautiful. Who wrote the Capitalist Manifesto? Wolf. Oh. <laughs> like any good professor, you get the book that they wrote. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Prop hunt. All right. Press play. Somewhere. But See if I can find it for next time. Florida's accumulated a record budget surplus, and we need to enact record tax relief 
particularly for Florida families who are grappling with inflation. Yes. We must ensure school systems are responsive to parents and to students, not partisan interest groups. Yes, this is like the biggest ovation that he gets. One of them. And we must ensure that our institutions of higher learning are focused on academic excellence and the pursuit of truth, not the imposition of trendy ideologies. Trendy ideologies, what a great label. Florida must always be a great place to raise a family. We will enact more family-friendly policies to make it easier to raise children, and we will defend our children against those who seek to rob them of their innocence. Yes! His biggest standing ovation. I wonder what they voted Protecting for. Protecting the children. All right. Stop I'm standing it. here in oh, front of the federal courthouse in Washington, D.C. And inside we is really the first We really need to get you a free account, Trevor. Yeah. We have an ad-free account. I have an ad-free <laughs> account. We already have it. <laughs> we will always remain a law and order state. We will always support law enforcement, and we will always reject soft on crime policies that put our communities at risk. Florida is now in a golden era for conservation of our treasured natural resources. Our momentum is strong and we will finish what we started. We will leave Florida to God better than we found it. There you go. That's a good one. This much we pledge and so much more. Now it's often said that our federalist constitutional system with 50 states able to pursue their own unique policies, represents a laboratory of democracy. Well, these last few years have witnessed a great test of governing philosophies, as many jurisdictions pursued a much different path than we have pursued here in the state of Florida. The policies pursued by these states have sparked a mass exodus of productive Americans from these jurisdictions, with Florida serving as the most desired destination, a promised land of sanity. <laughs> Many of these cities and states have embraced faddish ideology at the expense of enduring principles. They've harmed public safety by coddling criminals and attacking law enforcement. They've imposed unreasonable burdens on taxpayers to finance unfathomable levels of public spending. They have harmed education by subordinating the interests of students and parents to partisan interest groups. They have imposed medical authoritarianism in the guise of pandemic mandates and restrictions that lack a scientific basis. This bizarre but prevalent ideology that permeates these policy measures purports to act in the name of justice for the marginalized, but it frowns upon American institutions. It rejects merit and achievement, and it advocates identity essentialism. We reject this woke ideology. Yes. We seek normalcy, not philosophical lunacy. We will not allow reality, facts, and truth to become optional. We will never surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Oh, what a good line. Ah, that, that is like really standing ha. up for principles and not- Is it getting hot in here? Is that just me? <laughs> success has been made more difficult by the floundering federal establishment in Washington, D.C. Federal government has gone on an inflationary spending binge that has left our nation weaker and our citizens poorer. 
It has enacted pandemic restrictions and mandates based more on ideology and politics than on sound science. And this has eroded freedom and stunted commerce. It has recklessly facilitated open borders, making a mockery of the rule of law, allowing massive amounts of narcotics to infect our states, importing criminal aliens, and greenlighting the flow of millions of illegal aliens into our country, burdening communities and taxpayers throughout the land. It has imposed an energy policy that has crippled our nation's domestic production, causing energy to cost more for our citizens and eroding our nation's energy security and, in the process, our national security. It wields its authority through a sprawling, unaccountable, and out-of-touch bureaucracy that does not act on behalf of us, but instead looms over us and imposes its will upon us. Thank you. The results of this have been predictably dismal. This has caused many to be pessimistic about the country's future. Some even say that failure is inevitable. Florida is proof positive that we, the people, are not destined for failure. What a great line. Yes. Decline is a choice. Success yep. is attainable. And freedom is worth fighting for. Now, fighting for freedom is not always easy because the threats to freedom are more complex and more widespread than they have been in the past. The threats can come from entrenched bureaucrats in D.C., jet setters in Davos, and corporations wielding public power. But fight we must. We embrace our founding creed that our rights are not granted by the courtesy of the state, but are endowed by the hand of the Almighty. <laughs> We reject the idea that self-government can be subcontracted out to technocratic elites who reduce human beings to mere data points. We insist on the restoration of time-tested constitutional principles so that government of, by, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. Yes. Talk freedom to me. Florida has <laughs> led the way in preserving what the father of our country called the sacred fire of liberty. It is the fire that burned in Independence Hall when 56 men pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to establish a new nation conceived in liberty. It's the fire that burned at a cemetery in Gettysburg when the nation's first Republican president pledged to this nation a new birth of freedom. It's the fire that burned among the boys who stormed the beaches of Normandy to liberate a continent and to preserve freedom for the world. It's the fire that infused the young preacher's dream relayed at the steps of the Lincoln Memorial that the Declaration of Independence said what it meant and meant what it said. All men are created equal. It is the fire that led a resolute president to stand in Berlin and declare, tear down this wall, <laughs> staring down the communists and winning the Cold War. It is our responsibility here in Florida to carry this torch. We do not run from this responsibility. We welcome it. We will be on our guard. We will stand firm in the faith. We will be courageous. We will be strong. And we thank God and are proud to be citizens of the great free state of Florida. Thank you. God bless you. God bless this state and everybody throughout the land. And God bless. Governor Ron DeSantis. Yes, sir. I want to yes, point out sir. that right after his speech, someone goes straight into a prayer. Like they prayed at the, 
you know, inauguration mm-hmm. event. Do states do that still? Like, is that a normal thing or is that like depending on the leader or governor? It's a, it's a normal thing for the federal level. And Washington led the way for that. Marched everyone down to, uh, um, marched them down to church to have a uh, sermon. Yeah. Anyway, didn't mean but to yeah. change the subject here. Let's talk about Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is basically the answer. So <laughs> everything that he talks about there is everyone knows what conservatism is yeah he's showing what it does yeah no um so something i learned from just that speech like so the inspiration that i'm getting from ron DeSantis, he's such an inspiring figure like he is my hero seriously um (laughs) is i was just focusing on like oh who's to blame and oh we're screwed because the debt is increasing you know like i feel like he was very aware of that reality, but he has a plan to deal with it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like that is extremely strong leadership. So what I can learn from him is to like acknowledge the reality without being consumed by it. And uh, rather than focus on the dismal reality, focus on what could be, what we could accomplish together. Anyway, that's what I learned just from that one speech that I could be more focusing on the vision Without being consumed by the dismal reality. Right. That's just from that one speech. And uh, like like I said, last year after the elections, I think what we'll see with at least the next couple of years with DeSantis is how good of a leader he really is because Republicans now have a veto majority in the Florida House and Senate, which, well, yeah, that's a good thing because you got all three houses. If it's full of rhino Republicans, we'll find out if they actually are following DeSantis's lead or if they did or everything they could to get power to override DeSantis. Gotcha. So that... Did you say it's Republicans that have a veto majority? Yeah. Republicans have veto-proof majority in the House and the Senate in Florida. So they could propose something like, let's give Disney back its tax-exempt stuff that we took away last year. And DeSantis will veto it, but they'll turn around and override the veto and start undoing the stuff that DeSantis has done. That's going to be the real test is, did he lead well enough to get enough actual conservatives in there to help help push him forward and to help lead that state as a shining light on the hill for the rest of the country. That's what I'm going to be watching for for the next two years. He's in office for four. Is he? <laughs> no, my favorite, my favorite thing about the midterms was right after Ron DeSantis uh, won re-election by a ridiculous landslide, his followers were chanting two more years. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You don't see that. Yeah. Usually people don't want to give up an amazing leader from their state. They want them to stay there so they can keep having, because we're selfish. So for those of you that didn't catch the uh, implication there, a governor's term is four years. So two more years would imply that he's running for president. And that's what the supporters in Florida wanted. 
I yeah. just love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. What's your biggest takeaway, Mike? Uh, DeSantis is awesome. DeSantis is awesome. You heard it here first. Let's uh, <laughs> just uh, wrap that all up in a neat little package. And I like that, Bo. There we go. No, it's... Uh, this is the second time I watched it, and... I still love every word he said. I still love... I can't find fault with the man. I, I, you know, and which it, I, that's actually kind of hard for me because I, I... I... Especially where politicians are concerned. Oh, yeah. I really... I always try to find the thing I disagree with them on. You're gonna screw up eventually. Like, like I know... I know there's something that you're doing that I don't like. I know there is. I'm gonna find it. And then I'm going to convince myself that that doesn't matter. And then then I'm going to compare it to the things that I don't like on every other politician and think you're all right where you're at. You know, like, like with Mike Lee, there's, there's some things I disagree with him on, but for the most part, I'm okay with, with a lot of the way that he votes and, and, and some different stuff, you know, Romney, I'm not okay with anything he does. But he voted I, in favor of the thing you like. Yes, but I think he did it for the wrong yeah, reason. Yes, <laughs> but he only did it. He only did it because he wanted to get reelected that year. <laughs> exactly. That's the only reason. Yeah, watch the his, other three watch his Liberty years score go up. The other three years oh, of his of, of every term, he votes exactly opposite of where I want him to vote. Uh huh. But he he seems to believe that there is this this window of time where people will forget everything he did before if he just does right that that one year. And he's right know, every time he's that he does it. right every time, and it pisses me off. But <laughs> DeSantis doesn't do that. DeSantis is, DeSantis is up there on, on a lot of issues. I love the, the things that he's done in Florida. Almost he convinces me to be a Floridian. Almost. <laughs> Almost thou convinced me to be a Floridian. If it weren't for <laughs> the awful bugs and animals and things that live in Florida and the deep south, I live where the air hurts my face so that spiders and other creatures like that will go back to hell where they belong <laughs> at least for a few months of the year. Something about a giant well, spider spanning a web between power lines just doesn't just tickle doesn't, my fancy. Doesn't tickle my fancy. Florida you is know? the number one state, as he said in the speech, where people are mo- the most people are moving to Florida than any other state. Yes. yes. Well, and it's it's because of it's because of the things he's done there because yeah. he has he has provided a a safe haven for freedom and uh, 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 a bastion in the dark times. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's. It's not just it's not just that he's saying he has. It's that you can visibly see he has. Yep. You know, yep. he he's 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 toting all of these accomplishments and and making all of these these promises and saying all of these things, but then he's also doing them. And yep. and that's that's the thing I like about DeSantis. Yep. And and you know, the I've I've said it before, I'll probably say it again, you know, I there is a massive gap between state politics and federal politics. Yes. And my greatest worry would be that he would get into federal politics 
and lose some of what he is on the state level, you know? Well, that's, that's what's interesting is he was at the federal already. Yeah. He was in the house. Yep. Yeah, he was. Which he was the founding member of the Freedom the Freedom Caucus, Caucus right. And, and he and, went to be governor. And that's that's the balm on that worry is is that he's been there before. He does he he has done well has in an that impressive setting. resume. You know, he does have an impressive resume. And so, you know, he there's there's a lot of potential there, and I would love to see him make a bid for president. Yes. I would I would love to. Yep. And I'd yep. vote for him. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't vote third party in that instance. I would vote <laughs> for DeSantis. Because he fits what I believe. Because he does, yeah. I, I, like I said, I, 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 I do that with every type of politician. I mean, there's a... a and, and the worst enemy of libertarians is libertarians. So... <laughs> Amen to that. Because <laughs> they can't agree on anything, ever. Yes. You know? Well, they all agree on pot. Oh, that's fair. Oh, yeah. that's, that's fair. <laughs> what they said should be for, legal, all right. <laughs> anyway, safe, legal, and very not rare. <laughs> to the point where sometimes that's all you know about them because that's all they put on their billboards. Right. We'll legalize pot. That's already. That's basically a thing already, guys. <laughs> we get it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's 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 my take on it. I'd love to see a presidential bid out of him. Yep. It would definitely be better than Trump. Yes. As much as I loved President Trump's first term, you know, I don't as, think he deserves any. He's done what needed to be done. As many things like, as I liked that Trump did, there were an equal number of things that Trump did that I didn't yeah. like. Let's yes. just say he's too old now. And I am so glad that his bump stock ban got overturned. <clears throat> yes. Oh Thank yeah. That Woo! Happened. That happened. This Win week. for the two A. <laughs> You're gonna get sick of losing. You're sick of winning. Whatever he said. Anyway, we'll anyway. talk more about Trump and DeSantis later this year, in, I'm sure. In I'm news sure. that surprises none of us, the House GOP has located emails and text messages showing that Pelosi's office directly involved in the uh, failed January 6th security. I'm detail. pretty sure we've, oh, yeah. we've actually way, talked about that before. I put all yeah. my emotion into uh, the, the budget for this year and the speaker fight. By the way... Apparently, January 6th was an inside job. <laughs> Shocker. I did not have the emotional capacity to process that one, but there you go. <laughs> Color me surprised. All right. I'm tell us more sure about that it, we've Trevor. said that like since yeah. January 6th. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, Mike and I have <laughs> yeah, that's fair. covered this. It's, it's technically not new information. We have, we have some marginal additional evidence. It, this it's, is, it's like the Twitter files have been. It's like, yeah, Twitter's been censoring stuff. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, yeah, but I, now we have proof of it. I mean, yeah, true. <laughs> we we yeah, already. So it doesn't fundamentally change. We already anything. knew we that. What some, are you going to do about it? Uh -huh. We have a little bit of proof that validates what we all, all thought from the beginning. Tell yeah. us more about it, Trevor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they were in communications with the uh, uh, sergeant at arms, and they told him. We need you to act surprised at the lack of security. He's, well, consider me surprised. <laughs> you know, once you get past the tragedy of it, it's really quite hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, never mind that Nancy Pelosi just happened to have a filming crew there on that day. 
where she uh, said when all of this started, she said to the filming crew, like, finally, I can go punch um, uh, Trump in the face or something like that. Yeah. It's finally started or something. Yeah. And never mind that uh, there's 700 uh, or there's 900 some odd people that have been in prison for over 700 days without trial. Which is since January 6th because they... Illegal and unconstitutional. Because they walked into the Capitol building through unlocked doors and barricades that police moved aside. Let me guess what they're trying to use to, to justify that. The Patriot Act? Oh, surprise! Surprise! Yep. They're keeping people with no trial in jail. Oh, yeah. Since January 6th. Oh, yeah. Because of the Patriot Act? Basically. Oh, Probably. Oh, that's a good, I think good I, chunk. I of think it. someone told me that, but I forgot about it. And now yeah, the emotional impact of that is hitting me once again. Because the, the Patriot Act allowed certain things like that with uh, relation to terrorism. And it didn't define what terrorism And it is. didn't define what terrorism mm-hmm. means. I, I can, I, like, I know there are innocent people in there. They're like, no, oh, yeah. I was in the wrong tour. The grand majority they- of them are innocent, as proven by. <laughs> He just gestured towards all of Pelosi. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that Will Smith meme. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, And there's one guy I just listened to on a podcast. Um, He he called in from prison. He'd been there for 740-something days, so over two years. Oh, gosh. Officially. Um, uh, But he admits that Yes, I was violent there because the police were killing people. And so I was defending people who could not defend themselves from the police. And he talks about, um, I can't remember the lady's name, not Ashley Babbitt, but different part of the Capitol where police were just beating people with clubs and kicking them on the ground, basically curb stopping people. Yeah. Um, He was trying to defend those people uh, from getting beat by the police. Um. Yeah, and his trial is coming up real quick, except for they appealed the charge that was dropped against him, so they're going to wait until August, I think he said, for the trial. Are you kidding me? Just to see if the appeal will go through so they can still charge him for that and lock him in jail for 20 years in federal prison. Yeah. 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 Oh, by the way, the guy that planted the pipe bombs, two of them, uh, not in custody. Of course not. The guy that... Why would uh, he be? The guy that went ahead of the crowd to cut fencing and climbed up on scaffolding and got on a bullhorn and told everyone to move forward, move into the Capitol, not in custody. The guy that sent out a text message to his son, Ray Epps, I orchestrated the whole thing. I was there. I did it all. I was in front with a few others. I also orchestrated it, he said. Uh, Not in custody. But the old lady that walked through the unlocked door escorted by police. She's in prison 
for a few years because she, she entered a public building. Entered a public building with police waving her into the building. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, there were key figures that, uh, shall we say, orchestrated it, admitted they orchestrated it, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. those people are absolutely protected from the law, and the people who wandered into the public building because the police gestured to wander into the public be building, they are in jail I, because reasons. I could yeah. postulate that they were a, parading, uh, Keith. They were parading. A, uh, a, 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 a group, let's call them a shadowy cabal, um, <laughs> <clears throat> may or may not have had a hand in, uh, in the most safe and fair election. I mean, the uh, 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 January 6th riots. <laughs> no, so I, I actually read some fact checks on the, um, on the Ray Epps thing. So Ray Epps, he texted his... I believe nephew it was saying, Oh, I orchestrated the yes. whole thing. And he's also on video on January 5th, telling a crowd of people that we need to go into the Capitol. Yes. And that video also has the other, the people in the video chanting fed, 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 accusing him of being a federal agent. Yes. I'm um, trying to stir up the crowd. Um, and uh, the fact checks are saying, Oh, well, no, he didn't orchestrate it because you see, we asked him recently what he meant and Ray Epps said, oh, I orchestrated the whole thing. And then I, I guess these fact checkers or someone um, asked him, oh, well, what did you mean by that, Mr. Epps? Oh, well, I, I didn't mean I actually orchestrated it. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And that, that's basically their fact check. They say like, this oh, man's well, he said he didn't. This man's accused of murder. There's blood on his hands and everything. I didn't do it. He says he didn't do it. Contrasting <laughs> that with the fact check. He says he didn't Trump do it. investigation where Trump literally said peacefully protest and make your voices heard and they're like, "See, he orchestrated violence." Contrasting those uh -huh. things, it's almost as yeah. if the stuff the funniest thing to me orchestrated it. The funniest thing to me is how like if you were to go through all the, the stuff that Trump said, all the stuff that Trump tweeted, all the stuff that Trump did, <laughs> throughout the entire thing there, all of his tweets, all of the things he said was peacefully, respectfully, it was... And those are the last tweets you see on his Twitter page yeah. right now. Yeah, exactly. It, it, was, <laughs> it was do it oh, in an right. appropriate way <laughs> and, and let's, let's not make this something that it shouldn't be type of thing. Uh-huh. You know, and yet I, I saw a thing today where somebody was talking about it and they were like, he was actively uh, promoting violence, actively promoting violence. He shouldn't be on Twitter. He shouldn't be on these social platforms. And and it's like, did, did are you brain dead? Yes. Did, did you did you read or look at anything he actually <laughs> said or, or did? Because none of that, none of that is that way. None of it. Oh, and uh, also, never mind that. Uh, so those pipe bombs. One was at the R, the Republican uh, National Building, and the other was at the Democrat National Building. They found the Republican one first, twenty minutes before 
they were supposed to vote on everything. And the timer only had 20 minutes left on it. But it was planted at 8 o'clock the night before. And so was the Democrat one. And it was a little kitchen timer, which is about an hour. Oh, implying that it was planted much more recently after. Well, uh, no, 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 no. The timer luckily stopped working oh. with 20 minutes well, left. Well, isn't that lucky? And they found it 20 minutes before they were going to vote. And then they found the Democrat one later, which is odd because we found out a year after the fact that Kamala Harris was actually at the Democrat building. And Secret Service had done a sweep of the building and the grounds. And there's a security guard posted 10 feet away from where the bomb was planted in the open. Oh, I see. So if you're saying that if it wasn't an inside job, they would have detected that thing. nobody reported the bomb until after the Republican one was found 20 minutes beforehand, which they called Capitol Police over saying, hey, there's a bomb over here. We need extra resources to make sure we clear everything out. Capitol Police head over to the uh, Republican and Democrat buildings. The crowd goes over to the white to the Capitol grounds where there's less Capitol Police. By the way, they finally get Kamala Harris out of that Democrat building many minutes after the fact that they found a bomb. And it's, again, the Secret Service, which is the world's most premier protection agency. And their bomb-sniffing dogs didn't find the bomb when they did the initial sweep. The security guard for the building that's posted 10 feet away from the bomb, left out in the open, did not find it. And in their visual sweep, Secret Service did not find it until after the Republican one was found, which made everyone move into position to have less security at the Capitol building, which Donald Trump also asked Pelosi if, hey, do you want the National Guard for extra security? No, we don't want that. (laughs) It's amazing that both of those bombs, both of them broke. It's all these coincidences that just lined up to keep everyone safe. So bottom line is we have more proof that January 6th was an inside job and you have to have a lot of faith in our institutions to believe the official narrative. Yes. So good luck to you. Good luck. God bless. This is the hardest thing about about the stories like this where like when January 6th happened, we sat here and we went through everything. And, and we went through the articles talking about it. And we looked at the stuff like the kitchen timer. And we looked at the stuff about Ray Epps. And we looked at the stuff about all these different people. And that day, well, not that day, because it was, you know, the, the Tuesday after right. when we talked about it. But, but the Tuesday after when we talked about it, we went, this is wrong. Something's up. Something, something is off on this. Uh-huh. And, and it's now Alec, two years later. The biggest tip-off to me was Alex Jones was there, and they weren't saying a thing about him being there. Yeah. It's like, he's like you know, the guy. And and <laughs> this is this is the way it was with Twitter. This is the way it was with, with almost every story we've covered where it's come out later that we were right. 
and they just barely found the evidence because we picked through it and we're like, no, this doesn't look right. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And, and we have these things that we lay out, but we don't have the emails. We don't have these things, but we know it's wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we know it's wrong two years before they find the before they, they finally well it is not even the, the it's two years before they find the evidence it's two years before the media admits yeah that there was other yes. things that proved that it was wrong yeah you know like and, and what what kind of reporting is that this is literally two years we were right about this two years ago uh, almost to the day almost to the day <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Happy January 6th, everybody. And we had none of this information right? to go all, off of. All literally, we had, all we had is the articles that were written about January 6th, the week after it happened. And the videos that we could find. And the videos we could find, exactly. And the videos we found were like, that's, the police are letting people in at that door. The police just launched a gas canister into this crowd that wasn't doing anything. Yeah. What? And now that crowd's attacking the police. (laughs) And even that, we had had the information about Trump uh, uh, talking to Pelosi and offering the National Guard for additional security and her turning it down. We had that the week after. Yes, that's... We knew that was a thing the week after. Uh Uh-huh. What? Like... We're just a couple of guys in a basement. I just don't understand how it takes this long for Un- this stuff when it is so obvious. Unless that you're it trying is wrong. to build some sort of narrative. You know? You're, you're pulling the right levers at the right time to get the right talking points to get the right power that you need. What do you think? That's what they do. They can make up anything. Pretty much. It's like people are desperate to have trust in our institutions and the people who currently wield the authority of those institutions are abusing it like mad because they know of the indifference of the people. Speaking of trusting and abusing uh, institution, Department of Agriculture. uh, Now there is no abuse that happens in the USDA. They've started a program where they're encouraging people to register their vegetable gardens for a national <laughs> database. I that appear to have lost suspicious. my garden in a tragic boating accident. Go talk to the ATF. I, they have all the details. <laughs> Same one. That Same doesn't one. sound suspicious <laughs> at all. It was a small yacht. I borrowed it. Now, Mike, being someone where you wouldn't necessarily be growing a vegetable garden yourself. No. However, the implications of this... But I would this, grow a cow. The implications of this would mean it's not too far behind for them to say you need to register all your goats and cows and stuff on your. Body. I lost my goats and cows in a tragic boating accident. <laughs> it was <laughs> was what, very Noah esque. What about that goat? It's not my goat. It's not my goat. You gonna kick it off your property? No. No. <laughs> he's free to wander. Looks like he's doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What could possibly go wrong with that? I don't really have details on it. I just. No, that's a thing, and it's don't register your vegetable garden. Don't register. Don't, don't register anything. Make yeah, them know that is the greatest don't. waste of time and resources ever, even though they already know it is. So, Trevor, why would they want you to register your vegetable garden? Because uh, 
it's all it's all about control. You want to, because in order to register the garden, you have to meet certain certain criteria, and if you want to keep it registered, you have to keep following that criteria, just like any government program. Or if you want to be involved with a government program, you have to <gasps> do what they say. And oh, oh, you can't grow those carrots there. We're already growing carrots over here. You have to grow something else. But I don't want to grow something else. You need to grow cabbage. I but I hate cabbage. That's too bad. So in other words, it's all about control because if you can control the food supply, the water supply, the electricity, and name your other essential resource here, they can control you. So by having a registry, well, what do you know? You have to conform to certain regulations. You will eat and the then bugs. <coughs> actual and then wording they can fine you for not following certain regulations. And so the average person will just say, okay, well, I guess it's not worth it to have a garden. And then suddenly Dude. you have hardly anyone with gardens. Or they take did, your property away from you because you can't be responsible enough to have a garden. Did yeah. you did you read the so, actual words, excerpts? So they can control you. Of, of what this is for? Yeah, some of them are pretty bad. The, I, I don't think I've heard a more Soviet Union thing <laughs> come from our government. <laughs> Tell okay. us your favorite ones. The, the point of the USDA registration is to foster a more diverse and resilient local food system to empower communities to address issues like nutrition, access, and climate change. See, right? You, okay. You had me at a convincing thing right until those last two yeah. words. Now, uh, and and if and if my research has proven anything to me, it's that the government doesn't give a shit about our nutrition. Oh, you should listen um, to <laughs> you should listen to Glenn Beck's third hour. Oh, yeah, from today. Uh huh. You'll like oh, it. Okay. I'll check it out. Uh, okay, but it gets better. It gets better. Uh huh. It gets better. School gardens, community gardens, urban farms, and small-scale agriculture projects in rural, suburban, and urban areas can be recognized as a people's garden. There it is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, again, going, going... We, we welcome gardens nationwide to join us in the people's garden effort and all it represents... I mean, going going back to the uh, the Soviet Union episode where we briefly talked about like how the Soviet Union, uh -huh. you know, so the the death the body counts in both the Soviet Union and China were both caused by a people's garden because the government mandated that people collectively work on these farms and gave them these arbitrary numbers to go to, but they didn't have the tools to succeed. And because of that, there were food so shortages. And that is what mainly caused all the body counts in both China and Russia. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go with history that this is a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think I actually have the perfect thing to go with that article. Well, pardon me, young man. Excuse the shit out of my goddamn French, but did you just threaten me? Yeah, this this is coming from the same government that's trying to tell you that uh, Fruit Loops are healthier than Duh. than eggs, and that Cheerios have more nutrition than steak. That's their current food guidelines. Yeah, at the FDA. I just had a small stroke. 
So one way that states are fighting back against inflation, to completely change the subject because I have no transition planned. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> what if every state adopted the gold standard? Like separately, uh huh, through their own jurisdiction, uh huh. So that would mean every state would have their own supply of gold, uh huh. Interesting, uh huh. So in Article One, Section Ten of the Constitution, it says that no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. Well, what? Yes, it does. So that this is in reference to oh. before <laughs> they all organized a federal system. You had a New Jersey dollar, a Delaware dollar, and all these things, and they didn't exchange because they weren't worth the same amount. Right, New right, Jersey right. was going through major inflation while the Carolinas were doing really great. And so a dollar was actually worth like 100 New Jersey dollars, whatever. And so they said, hey, you can't be doing that. But you can still do gold and silver because we're doing a gold standard. Everything is based off the same thing. If you're making a gold coin, the gold is gold, it's gold, it's gold, it's gold. Yes. That's what that's in reference. As long sure as would help with the inflation it. going on. It yeah. would give the Fed a lot less power. Yeah. So, there are state laws in various states. What is it? 12 states, I think, currently. Or about to be. Um, where you can use... It is legal in these states to use gold or silver coin or whatever to pay for things. How is the value determined like legally? It's the value of gold. So if you have an ounce so of gold, just the it's market worth, value it's that's considered. Yeah. Okay. Utah was the first. Hey, Hey, that's us. Uh, Utah accepted gold and silver currency on March 10th, 2011 and became the first state after 80 years to make the coins legal tender. The act paved the way for other U.S. states to pursue similar legislation. So in Utah, there's the gold back. You can get a gold back, which is basically uh, like a silver note or a gold note. It's 1, 10, 15, 20, things like that. Um, and you can use it as tender in the state of Utah. Now, Walmart and places like that might have an issue with that. <laughs> so that's not ten dollars. Well, they have an but issue, but it with is cash ten dollars these days. <laughs> um, but I think this is an amazing idea. It's Utah, Louisiana, West Virginia, Arizona, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Indiana, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Wyoming. All have or all have on the books or have to be voted on this year or next year. Uh. Laws. I believe all of them have on the books now. Yes. I think the last last one to come through was West Virginia uh, went into effect in July 2019. And Missouri is voting on Bill 98 this year. That's how I found out about found Oh, out about that's right. Missouri. Yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, a similar act failed in 2013 and 2014. Yeah. That's why Missouri is... is uh, Still on the Missouri is on the books. They have it on the books to be voted on. But I love this idea because if every state adopts a gold standard, the Federal Reserve has zero power. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'd be more than happy with. (laughs) 
And I just love the idea of taking some little silver coin or whatever to a Wally world saying, here's the money for my groceries. Mm -hmm. uh, what am I supposed to do with that? Uh, give me change. <laughs> <laughs> In gold, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this takes a ton of power away from the uh, it does, yeah. federal government. And... Well, the Fed. From yeah. the yeah, from but the Federal the Fed Reserve. is working in lockstep with the government lately, which they're not supposed to do. Yes. But on top of that, it separates these states further and further from the inflation caused by the Federal Reserve. Yeah. So the sooner a state hops on board with this, the less likely they are to feel the ramifications of the Fed crashing. That'll never happen. How, how far in debt were we, Keith? 31. 31, trillion. 31 trillion. And that was before the bill that just passed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, get yourself, uh, maybe, maybe look into some gold backs for your state or coinage. And just for fun, pay for something with it. <laughs> that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> I had a drive through freak out when I tried to pay with a $2 bill one time. This isn't real currency. The heck it is. Right there on the bottom says it's legal tender. <laughs> so that'll be more fun than paying with a $2 bill. That being said, if it's an older $2 bill, why? <laughs> it's worth so much more than $2. But, yeah. Yeah. I love little things like this. Federalism in action. Yes. It's ironic that it's called federalism. Yeah, we should definitely vent about the feds the some more doing, in future episodes. That sounds good. States doing individual things instead of the federal government. But yeah, yeah. It's a great way to kick off the year. Isn't it, though? Bunch of, bunch of representatives saying, screw you to the system. A governor saying, see, this is what happens when you stick to saying, screw you to the system. <laughs> <laughs> Being proven right after two years. <laughs> All right, I've heard enough. Deadly force authorized. And states saying, screw you uh, to the system. <laughs> That's offensive. Yep. Deal with Shh. it. Do you hear that? <laughs> That's the sound How of forgiveness. That's the sound action. of people drowning, Carl. That is what forgiveness sounds like. <laughs> Screaming and then silence. Yeah, there was a guy at work a little <laughs> bit ago when that uh, marriage act passed. Um, he He's Democrat. <laughs> he said, did you see that uh, McConnell voted against the interracial marriage thing? And he's in an interracial marriage? He voted against taking away your religious liberties. And he looks at me, well, that's not what it is. That's what that bill is. It strips your religious liberties. Where do you get your So if you from? own a business, you can't operate your business as you seem fit based off of your convictions and your beliefs. And he's, well, I don't see it that way. Said, well, it's wrong, but good for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's Reality nice. <laughs> You're wrong, but that's, <laughs> that's nice. nice. And he just, he didn't know how to take that, so he just walked away. <laughs> It's people need to be told you're wrong. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's, that's adorable, <clears throat> but you're wrong. 
Seriously, where does he get his news from? Uh, probably uh, MSNBC. It MSNBC, might as well be a CNN, fan fiction site or yeah. Fox. something. <laughs> Writing fan At fiction about freaking politics. Fox News was worthless during McCarthy. <laughs> Unless it was Tucker Carlson, everything on Fox <laughs> News I was say, Tucker, Tucker. pointless. Tucker's about the only one worth listening to anymore. Sean Hackety Hack. Freaking Dude, trying to I, call people out. I used to love Sean growing up. Yep. He has... I, I don't know if he's gotten worse over the years or if I've just gotten smarter. I stopped listening to him with the Trump campaign because he was just Trump this, Trump that, Trump this. Shut up. I stopped listening to him when I was 16. Yeah. But... I never started listening to him. And you didn't miss anything. You didn't <laughs> miss anything. No. Yeah, no, that was my my dad's morning routine was Rush Limbaugh, Paul Harvey, and Sean Hannity. Yeah, that was that was it. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> anyway, do all the liking, subscribing. Welcome to a new year. It should be fun, especially now that I have time to do things. Fun with a capital F. Us. Yes. Congratulations <laughs> on your new house, Trevor. Yes, I will. Once I'm fully moved in, I will have time to do some projects for this podcast that I've been trying to do. So it should be good. Yay. (gasps) Bye. I'm always willing. (laughs) And that's how the recording started. I, I just sit. <laughs> <laughs> Is my camera lined up? <laughs> Perfectly. Oh, Good. that was a hot mic. Just if I ever sure. saw one. <laughs> it's all about timing. Make them question whether it's intentional or not. I, I like to hit the record button at the most opportune times. <laughs> if you're looking for the opportune moment, that was, that was it. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. In double bubble, in double bubble, <laughs> double bubble. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Uh, all right. Are we? Uh, we ready? Yeah. We're all. Are you recording? Cl- Is it all? We're same? all clapped up over here. We're ready. You've for- <laughs> got the clap, and you've given it to. I've already given the clap. You've already given the clap. Yep. Good. To some lucky winner out there. As you should. (laughs) I sent it telepathically. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. (laughs) Brings a whole new meaning to that that song. That was Dr. Fauci's theme song during the uh, AIDS pandemic. Uh, What? (laughs) Very, very... Anyway...